Street. Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Ed Hip Podcast. This week I'm speaking to LA woman and sublime songstress Marina Allen who just released her debut album on Fire Records. Her story is a true DIY one and the songs are truly worthy of stardom. There are seven of them and they dance across a record crafted with tender authenticity and divine musicianship. I caught up with Marina from her Los Angeles home to discuss why and how she fell in love with music making, storytelling and finding a label home for Candle Power. So stay tuned for that interview coming up very, very shortly. But first, we've got edit highlights for this week. And on Friday, we announced our album of the month for June, which was the incredible third album from London's Wolf Alice. So Blue Weekend is the group's follow-up to their 2017 Mercury Prize-winning album, Visions of Life, with personal storytelling at the core. This is an album from a band whose musicality is thriving, yet they maintain their trademark punch with heartfelt lyricism and muscular instrumentation. Blue Weekend genre hops in typical Wolf Alice fashion. Did track seven give anyone else Amal and the Sniffers vibes? <laughs> it did for me. Um, it is a solid 11 tracks with absolutely no weak link. And true to the cause, I had a very, very blue weekend listening on repeat. And probably my favourite track is track two, which is Delicious Things. So check out a bit of it here. It is mega. I'm socially anxious and a long way from home I've only just learned my margarita from Malito So, could I belong here? The vibes are kinda strong here Ask me if I'm from here and I won't say no Next and Warp Records release a very special anniversary edition of Square Push's debut album, Feed Me Weird Things, virtually 25 years to the day from its original release in 1996. Out of print for over a decade, this is an opportunity not to miss for fans both new and old, as this edition has been remastered and also features two wonderful extra tracks. It is regarded as a pioneering album and it's really quite amazing to think listening now that um, these tracks were made when Tom Jenkinson was just 19 years old. The music is so, so intricately melodic and complex. So here's a slice of deep fried pizza to get you going. And this is also the final track on the record. <laughs> Next, and here is one that has been bubbling away at the surface for a while now. Green Tea Peng has been swiftly garnering fans from all over since emerging with her debut EP in 2018. And finally, we have a debut full-length album in Man Made. Described as a true opus, a fluid and transportive listening experience channeling deepest inner thoughts and exploring different states of being, it is to be enjoyed in full this one. There are influences abound here. Green Tea Peng, though hailing from southeast London, is 
widely travelled and draws much, much influence from her early music experiences here. It is an effortlessly cool outing from probably one of the coolest and most striking musicians on the scene right now. Absolutely one to watch. So check out this track. This is Green Tea Peng and Soul Boy. I can't decide when it was that I chose to confide in you. But ever since that day, I'm feeling like 10 times lighter. And I want to say thank you for showing me. Why you know me, no one knows me like you do. For guiding me. Why you lead me, you give me the strength to move through. Illuminate me so And finally this week, we couldn't let the new album from Black Midi release without mention here. It has been out a couple of weeks now, but with absolutely no sign of slowing down momentum. So on Cavalcade, the dynamic four-piece once again throw the influence net wide, careering across multiple genres to magnificent effect. It is a clear step up from their 2019 debut Schlagenheim, with more intricacy and complexity and a myriad of instrumental twists and turns. This is a band totally in their own lane. It is an exciting time to be a Black Midi fan and revel in all the weirdness and all the wonder. Uh, I think Enemy described them as sonic scientists, which I kind of like. So check out this concoction. This is Black Midi and Diamond Stuff. wraps this week's edit highlights as ever all the albums in our edit can be found at roughtrade.com or in store so go give them a browse after you've listened to this show looking ahead to the weekend and record store day 2021 drop one is upon us the weather looks to be holding out good and proper so expect dry cues and sunglasses to hide those i camped out overnight eyes um, all the details ahead of the day including the list of titles available can be found on our blog I will link directly in the show notes for you. If you are enjoying this podcast, please do consider leaving us a little review on iTunes. You can also follow our very neat podcast playlist on Spotify to get all the tracks in full alongside the show in one place. I will leave the link to that in the show notes for you also. So this week, I was delighted to catch up with the very lovely Marina Allen on her equally lovely debut album, Candle Power, out now on Fire Records. Here is that chat for you. Please do enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing record store day and I will catch you in the next one. So Marina Allen, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, joining us all the way from LA. The beauty of being able to do Zoom interviews. It's <laughs> a miracle. Through <laughs> um, a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's fingers crossed that it won't be. <laughs> yeah, 
So your debut album, Candle Power, is released on the 4th of June on Fire Records, and we are so, so excited for it. Um, I am personally so thrilled that it is almost out. It is such a beautiful record. Um, so huge congratulations. You must be really, really excited for everybody to hear it. Um, and at the time of recording, it is, I think, three days until it is out, because we are on in a Tuesday, and it is out this coming Friday. Yeah, it's true. I know. I can't believe it either. <laughs> yeah, very excited. So I guess being your debut album, this is probably all very new for you, sort of the reaction to having your music out there for strangers to hear, I suppose, and putting out those early singles. Could you kind of describe what that initial reaction has been like? And would you say, being a new artist, is there a lot of nervousness about putting your music out there into the world. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's been such a such an amazing opportunity and um yeah, how it happened with fire and getting signed and and putting putting music out through them. Um it's all been like so surprising from the very beginning. So there wasn't really much to compare it to, I guess, besides just um, yeah, so I, it being like my debut, it was all just so, um, so fun to see it happen. And I think, I think because there's so little music, little of my music out, um, it's a little sometimes nerve wracking because this album to me, um, like each song has kind of its own spirit. And so um, it's kind of easy to, to pigeonhole, like if you just listen to one of the songs, but as a collection, I think it speaks to a different vision um, that's you know mine. So uh, I think that's the only thing that gets me a little nervous sometimes in putting out the music this way. And because I have so little music, out is that, um, you know, it feels like each single that comes out um, redirects uh, and closer to the origin of the, the like vision of the album. But if you were to listen to them as isolated songs, you could imagine the rest of the album uh, feeling more like that song, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, maybe rewind a little bit because as a relatively new artist and relatively new to our listeners I thought it might be quite nice if you could tell us a little bit about where your love for music came from um, and where your love for songwriting came from and kind of how you came to the decision to to write a record or to take a record to a label to see whether you could could put it out. Yeah Yeah, I mean, I've been, I think to the public, this seems like a debut, but to me, it's like, you know, my, my, a lifelong dream and journey. So um, I started singing um, when I was very little in church choirs and I grew up singing in in choirs and um, I didn't start really writing my own music until maybe high school, but I, I wouldn't even call it music. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it starting to, you know, write poems to song, uh, to melodies and that kind of thing. And then 
Um, when I went to school, I was sort of radicalized by lots of different um, inspirations and uh, Meredith Monk and uh, I was a, I'm a huge Yoko Ono fan and I kind of needed that, especially as, um, you know, especially because growing up, I, I kind of grew up in suburbia in Northern California and the only, uh, yeah, as, as a young girl, you know, the women that I knew in my life were mothers or teachers. And um, it, it wasn't until, I, I've always wanted to be a songwriter and an artist but the, from A to B was, was confusing to me. And um, yeah, I, a really pivotal moment was, I'm a big Roaches fan, uh, the Roaches, this great band. And I was, um, I sort of through this weird chance opportunity, I kind of was following around Terry Roach and she was sort of like one of the first people that I, uh, as a role model, like a living role model, basically. And um, yeah, she, I just remember she, her and I talking about, you know, how, how I, how do I start? And she was like, well, it's, you know, it helps if you start. <laughs> so that was sort of, um, yeah, I think from there it was, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the motto is that you just kind of, do it and it's going to be really scary and weird and you're going to write really weird bad songs and you just keep going and that's kind of what developed into the thesis of candle power which to me is kind of a philosophy of life is um just you know uh fueling your inner inner spirit and inner flame and it dims and Sometimes it's this raging fire and sometimes it's this tiny light that you can barely see. But um, I always feel like it's still there and it, it can still be, um, you know, ignited or charged if you, the more you pay attention to it. So that's kind of the, the theme of candle power in general is, um, is tied to that mm. motto. I think that feeds in so nicely to how you're describing your love for music and how you kind of decided that you wanted to become an artist and a songwriter because I suppose to you it's it's not a job is it it's like a lifestyle it's a way of it's a curse it's a curse <laughs> no <laughs> and uh you know that, that is something that it's not something you get up and you think oh, I have to do this in order to I guess, make money or as much as that can become a part of it, did it feel like a mantra in a way or kind of like a, a calling maybe, given how? Yeah, totally. I mean, singing for me has always been my way home. Um, and it's always been, I think, because it was born from such a spiritual place, you know, singing in churches and um, it's always you know, my, I think of my songs as like my little friends, they're my buddies and they, um, they're just a way to cope with how hard it is, you know, to be a, a person in this very complicated 
world. So um, I'm just really, really grateful that I kind of broke my own spell of um, hiding away from, from that dream or that, um, you know, what I, what I knew I wanted to do, but um, it's definitely, definitely takes a lot of, takes a lot more than talent, you know, to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. And I suppose speaking about more than talent, I guess, obviously it also takes a lot of de determination. And we spoke just before I hit record on this podcast about how you had signed to fire in inside the last year. And I think that was through sending some of your music and samples and demos to them, um, which is such a wonderful story. But I wondered why you specifically targeted fire in particular or was it one of a few that perhaps you were interested in? What was it about Fire Records that kind of excited you and thought, you know, I want to send my music to these guys? Um, it kind of, the way that it unfolded was so much more mysterious than, um, than I could have ever imagined. And I, I really think it's just a lesson in that there are so many more variables than you could possibly know. So there's no point of, you know, trying to control them. So it was, it was sort of like the, the, this uh, will, I guess my, my, the part of my will was just sending the music out to as many labels as possible. And I kind of was like a troll about it and like such a sleuth and, um, found random people's names and attached it to their, uh, to the label name. You know, I was just like making things up to, to see if anything would, I just, I just kept feeling like, you know, some, it will land me somewhere and that's just a stepping stone. And, I, um, I was totally happy to self-release it as well. If that was I just wanted to exhaust my options, I guess. And, um, but yeah, so I sent it to this, this smaller label called Maple Death Records and then kind of on a whim. And then they forwarded my, I mean, I call it a press kit, but it's really not. It was like, just like a little photo and my songs obviously and um, the album artwork. Um, and a music video actually that I had made beforehand. And um, yeah, they forwarded it to Fire. And then that, so the next morning I got a message from the, the owner of Fire, um, basically telling me that he wanted to sign me. So it was sort of, I just got shivers. Like it was sort of just this wow. bizarre, really magical, um, wonderful experience. and. Um, kind of like once in a once in a lifetime kind of um, magic to it. So yeah, it was um, definitely not you know what I was expecting at all. And um, I'm really glad that I was in a place where I felt really open to any possibility in mm. a way. That's, yeah, that's such an exciting story. That must have been such a like yeah pinch me moment and probably something that so many people kind of dream about um yeah including myself you know like it was it was definitely yeah I I remember reading it to because at the time I was living 
with my dad and stepmom and coming into the kitchen and reading it and tearing up. It was just, it was very surreal and um, a special moment. I really love how also it was, you know, quite, I guess quite, a, well, very DIY kind of way to go about trying to get your music out there and probably totally mostly by yourself. And, you know, I guess often maybe some bands and artists are signed under this kind of guys that, you know, they came from nowhere, but often they've had, they've been around for a long time or had a lot of people or a team yeah. kind of get them to that place. So to hear a story that's kind of totally different to that's really, really exciting, and really fun. And I suppose it was such a nice thing to happen in such a year that was really quite tricky. And particularly for musicians, you know, it's been so, so hard because you've had even less avenue to get your music out there. You haven't been able to go out and play it, which is obviously a, a huge kind of uh, platform for people to to hear your music and to come see you. So to be signed off sending an email is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really, it really was. And yeah, I think all of that time and quietness of the pandemic, I mean, it was insane out, out in the world, but, um, you know, in your room, just, just kind of being lonely and quiet, all that idle time, I think I was able to harness in a way to kind of have this laser focus about, um, you know, being really determined in, in, in no hope of fruition. You know, I think that's the key is um, no real expectations, but just, you know, kind of more like why not? And um, just taking that time to, to dedicate to, to refocus what really matters to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was, um, it was so surprising, especially out of such a bleak moment in, in everyone's life and world. Yeah. And I guess things have moved quite quickly since then. If that was, when was, when was it exactly that that email landed in your inbox? (laughs) Uh, December, December, I think December 17th, if I remember correctly. And so I guess it's been a bit of a whirlwind since then, given we're now in June and your album is coming out. Yeah, it has been, it has been, but I, I was so, also ready you know I felt very ripe for the picking and um, all the music had been made and it was all the, the the hard part you know had had really been already created and it was um, so defined at that point that there was no there was very little back and forth about what what I was going to present and and who I was to the public and, and all that kind of uh, thinking of yourself as like an entity I think it was sort of organic in a way because um, I had so much time and had already created the the actual you know object or music or whatever you want to call yeah. it <laughs> yeah. it must also be quite nice in a way that you had um, you know you've done all the work prior to being signed so you had this effectively finished product that was totally your own and hadn't had you know been I guess kind of meddled with by any third parties or you know it wasn't made under the kind of shadow of I don't know some big corporation thing that lots of other people experience so do you feel in that sense that it's kind of the most truest it could be when you're putting it out and that yeah totally I mean there 
it's very dear to me and it was made by um so many people so many people put their hands on it and really just out of goodwill and generosity um i you know it was it was made through i would i would work as a at the time um as a waitress so it was it was all just on my my dollar and um just through real real community generosity um so it was it's just a very sincere um stab <laughs> at at uh what i want you know from a creative life i guess and uh yeah so i'm i'm so honored that um people will actually listen to it i kind of can't believe it but yeah the record counterpower has drawn understandable comparisons, I suppose, to lots of famous singers, including Joni Mitchell and Karen Carpenter. People talk about Fiona Apple. Would it be fair to assume that some of these are musicians that you personally yourself admire and perhaps do some influence from? Or would you say that that's kind of a, an outsider viewpoint and it's been a lot more personal than that? I think it's sort of both. I think... To me, it doesn't sound like, I don't sound like Joni Mitchell at all. Um, and, uh, but I also understand the comparison. And I think, you know, if you have melodic music um, with, you know, imagery, with lyrics that have imagery in it, and you have a guitar, a, lo a lot of times that, that, um, draws, you know, 70s Laurel Canyon comparison. So I, I get it. I totally get it. And also it was made in Los Angeles and there's, there's definitely like an LA um, influence in it. Um, but I also think again, from like what I was talk that speaks to what I was talking about earlier was like, if you were to listen to one or two or three songs, maybe that's what you would gather from it. But the, the album as a whole, um, I wasn't at all trying to make, you know, a 70s album and um, they're all, I have lots of contemporary influences too and, um, you know, experimental and avant-garde um, music. Um, so I think as I continue making music um, that, that will, those comparisons um, will change because I, I yeah I, I of course I grew up listening to all that music and a uh, big part of me was obsessed with you know trying to sing like that for a, for a long time um, just as I was you know teaching myself how to sing and and uh, love music so those they sneak in but um, I wouldn't say that I'm that's the the my attempt <laughs> Yeah, I guess as well, it's kind of, it's a selling point, isn't it? A lot of the time, yeah, these things that are written about artists and records and it's a compliment, but it's also, you know, I guess an album that you put out and everyone can make up their own mind and kind of draw from it what, what they will and by listening to what you have to say about it and listening to the music, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's the hope, yeah. Yeah, how important is... um. Is storytelling in both your music but also the music perhaps that you personally choose to listen to and kind of draw influence from? 
Yeah. Um, I love uh, songwriting. That's really great storytelling. I love Lucinda Williams. Um, I love Nico Case. She's an amazing songwriter. I was just talking about her earlier today with my roommate, actually. Um, um, I mean, Joni Mitchell, obviously, is a huge one. Um, yeah, I mean, I those are kind of my my heroes and uh, the rawness and authenticity and beauty that they're able to create um, through their storytelling is is what I aim for and kind of with this album and a lot of the writing that I'm doing now for the next one um, is really kind of embracing that more and giving myself permission to say yes to myself, you know, which I think is all really what really great songwriting is. Um, and what really great writing is in general is just continuing, continuing to say yes to yourself. Um, in your inner dialogue in your and just in general you know for allowing spirit or whatever you want to call it to to write itself is is um not easy because you get in the way so uh that's why i really admire people who sing or who write from from their heart and you can tell um you know and their their intellect shapes it too obviously but that just really give themselves permission are my my people. <laughs> I guess you've lived with the songs on Candle Power for quite some time now. Um, so do you already feel with the material that you're writing post that record that your style and or songwriting is already kind of evolving in a way? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there was a very clear uh, vision for Candle Power, and I had a bunch. I have a bunch of other songs that I could have put onto the album, but um, it was it was sort of economical, um, both financially and also just in the looser term of the of the word, um, and just the sense that it was. I wanted it to have this very slim, clear. Um, vision. And I guess with this, the, the new music that I'm writing, it feels much more uh, elaborate and more spatial and um, thorough, I guess, in, in, the, in the kinds of songs that I'm writing. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to, I kind of just have enough now to start making the album. So um, I'm actually going in, um, to on the studio the day after the album the candle power comes out which is just like a weird coincidence that I didn't really mean for but yeah, yeah not to get ahead of myself because you know candle power should have its moment but yeah well, it's funny I've spoken to so many artists and bands in the last 12 months in particular who are, you know I'm talking to them about a record that is about to come out or has just come out and they're already writing their next record if not already finished it and I guess the last you know 14-15 months or so because of what's been going on has just given everyone so much more downtime and kind of creative time I suppose away from touring and meetings etc to kind of yeah just 
strip back and kind of write. And I suppose that's a nice thing in a way in amongst all the madness um, to have like a focus, but you're obviously going to be touring later in the year um, and coming to the UK. So that's really exciting and all being well, we will hopefully get to, to see you at Rough Trade. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling about performing these songs to a live audience? Is that something that you have done this year yet? Or is that something that hasn't, hasn't happened yet? That has not happened yet. So that will be um, interesting how, how, how I get that together. But um, when I, I, I'm still kind of figuring out what the, what it will be when I come to the UK in, in November. I think it's just going to be me. Um, so it's just going to be really stripped down, um, which is usually how, how I play. So, um, so that will be fun. I, I'm not exactly sure the arrangement. Um, I'm, we'll, we'll see how that, that goes. But for, for now, that's kind of what it's looking like. Um, and then while I'm in LA um, and working on this next album, probably get, get the band, get a band together to start, to start working on it. And also to start um, practicing candle power music so that we can we can play it eventually in the U.S., which would be amazing too. Yeah, if well, that ever happens. Yeah, will your UK tour be the first time or one of the first times you've performed to an international crowd? Yeah, it'll be my first time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really scared, but I'm I'm also really looking forward to it. And yeah, I mean, with all this new stuff, it's you kind of have a you have a, a really big choice to show up for yourself. And so I've just been kind of taking it as it comes and knowing that, you know, part of, part of it is messing up and um, failing in, in small ways and big ways and medium ways. So, um, and that's part of, you know, the supposedly the joy. So <laughs> that's what people tell me. So I'm just kind of, um, the, the main thing for me is um, just keep connecting to, you know, what matters to me, which is music and community and togetherness and sharing, sharing my songs and um, whatever happens out of that happens, but you really have, have so little control over it. So um, yeah, I just kind of keep repeating that over and over and hopefully one day I'll get it. <laughs> I think that's the exciting thing though, at least from speaking as a as an audience member, like when there's a new artist, I guess there's there's so much mystery and or you know it's the unknown, isn't it? And there's I guess there's no real expectation from either side in that respect, like from the artist or from the audience, but not because you don't expect the music to be great, but just because you haven't played live to this audience before and we haven't seen you play live before. So there's a real kind of excitement, I think, about that kind of like rawness of it in a way. And yeah, being there at the beginning of an artist's journey is something that I think is always really special. And it's something that we get to see so much at Rough Trade. So that is really exciting. And I'm yeah. sure it'll be an amazing experience for you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm just, yeah, I'm just so excited to embrace it, you know, and 
um, explore, which is, yeah, which is the whole point. So yeah, I'm very, very excited. And obviously the audience aspect of it to be witnessed in, in such a raw moment is intimidating, but it's also just so special. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be able to do it. Well, we can't wait to hopefully see you in London. So, so excited for the album coming out on Friday. We have a Rough Trade exclusive vinyl edition, which is very beautiful. Um, I'm not sure how many are left. Hopefully there will be some come release day that people can get their hands on. Um, but Marina, congratulations on the album. Thank you so much for chatting to us. And could you pick a track from the record that we can play you out with today? Sure. Let's do Original Goodness, which was my last single and my, my favorite. Original Goodness Close your eyes and let it come to you Sorry on this side, I can't look at you From this side, I can't look at you Sometimes I hear you Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.